You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us this week for episode number two of The Neutral Zone. I'm Phil Milani alongside Eric Dalala, and we have an excellent episode in store for you today. We had a chance to talk with Broncos undrafted running back Philip Lindsay. You know, he hasn't been doing a lot of press, but he did have some time to sit down with us and chat about coming to work with a chip on his shoulder and also his plans to live at home this season. So a very interesting interview with Philip Lindsay. And uh, Eric, I know you had a chance to talk with someone from the Chicago side. Yeah, we're going to start, I think, reaching out to some beat writers on the uh, for opposing teams. And I got to talk with Rich Campbell of the Chicago Tribune. And with all that's going around with the Bears right now, including Roquan Smith recently signing his contract, Rich was the guy to talk to. He really knows his stuff. Um, some really interesting tidbits there. So we'll get to that in a bit. We also, Phil, had the chance to bring some fans in and get them involved uh, with our games. But first, maybe uh, a few of your thoughts on what you saw from the joint practice yesterday. Well, I thought that it's a nice part of the you know as camp is winding down to bring in a different team and uh, bring the intensity level up just a little bit here as we wind down on camp uh, as we're recording this just right outside the Broncos practice fields um, I thought the first team looked a lot crisper than we saw against the Vikings but uh, like head coach Vance Joseph uh, mentioned the second team defense uh, not quite as sharp uh, of course a lot of injury problems and uh, depth concerns with that second unit yeah I think uh, I kind of share those concerns after watching yesterday. I think if you're a Broncos fan and you were able to come out, you're probably happy with how Case Keenum and the offense performed. You're probably a little concerned about the cornerback depth behind Chris Harris Jr. and Bradley Roby. Of course, Chris Harris and Shaq Barrett both missed practice, but there should be no alarm there. Uh, Vance Joseph said both guys are going to be fine. The same was true with the uh, rookie sensation, Cortland Sutton. He went down briefly, and I know I was nervous. I don't know about you, Phil, but he came, at, he came back out quickly, and Vance said, it looked like a knee injury, but we're okay. It's good news. Hopefully nothing today goes wrong like that. Exactly. And, uh, you know, just to be safe, you know, I'll be surprised to see uh, just how many players, like a guy like Chris Harris Jr., if he plays on Saturday against the Bears. But uh, uh, as we get set for the second joint practice here, we'll see who comes out onto the practice field here today. But uh, now let's get to our conversation with Broncos undrafted running back, Philip Lindsay. All right, we're standing outside the uh, Broncos practice fields with Broncos running back Philip Lindsay. Uh, is that getting more normal to you, Broncos running back Philip Lindsay? Uh, for me, it's just like I said, every day I come out here and I thank, thank God for the opportunity. So it's exciting to be able to be called a Denver Bronco. Uh, you had that uh, touchdown the other day in the preseason game. Scoring touchdowns is a uh, Nothing new for you at uh, the Broncos Stadium, but was that pretty special on Saturday night? Uh, definitely was. It was a special moment, not just for myself, but for Chad uh, and the offensive line and the receivers that got us down there. So it was a special moment for everybody because it shows that it takes everybody and every little thing to, to make a touchdown, especially in the NFL, it's hard to do that. So I thank my teammates for helping me out. Do you have uh, any nerves before the game, just putting on that Broncos uniform? Uh, just, you know, a little jitters of just going back in the full pads and and just trying to soak everything in. Uh, see, for me, I've, I've played at the um, Mile High Stadium a couple times, so mm -hmm. I was able to, to, to understand that, to understand, like, you know, how big and important it is 
it is to uh, be there. So it was a special moment to be able to wear uh, blue and orange after wearing gold and black. Uh, but being a Denver kid as you are, you know, was that a dream come true, putting on a Broncos uniform like that? Most definitely. It w definitely was. It's something that you know, a lot of people don't get to do. A lot of people don't get to go to the NFL, let alone be on the team, uh, their home team. So I'm excited about that. Uh, how's camp been going for you? Camp's been going pretty decent. Uh, I just got to continue to stay consistent and just one day at a time. You feel like you come out here every day with a chip on your shoulder? I feel like I come out here uh, every day ready to work, and I understand that this is a job. And any job you do, you want to give everything you got. And that's what I, for me, this is my job. This is my livelihood, and I'm going to take it every every uh, little step so that I can uh, cherish every moment, but also soak in everything and, and learn learn little things every day. Being undrafted, you feel like you have to prove a little bit more, though? Like, hey, I got to make every play out there? Uh, I mean, I'm just going to do what I have to do. I'm going to be Phil. I'm going to be Phil Lindsay, and I'm going to make plays. Uh, I'm going to do what uh, what I've always done in, at the University of Colorado and what got me here. And, uh, you know, and just go from there. What is it that you think that is your biggest strength? That You know, coaches describe you as shifty, quick. What For you, what do you feel like it is? Uh, I just feel like it's my it's just my presence in general, my, my personality, uh, the way I handle myself, and uh, the way that I get along with my teammates and, you know, the vets and the rookies. And it's just everything. It's, it's about playing football. For me, it's not just one thing that I'm good at. It's, I love the sport. I love the game. And I put everything, I put my heart and soul on that field every time I step out there. You feel like you've earned the vets' respect already? We hear so many guys talking about you. I feel like uh, it's just something every day. I just, I just be quiet and grind. And uh, just get the respect uh, every single day. I do, you know, I do some just earn more of their trust because this was about it's about earning trust from the head coach, from uh, Mr. John, John Elway, and and you know the whole staff, the whole organization. Just, just earning trust that they can put me out there on the field and then we could be successful. Do you feel like you know? Obviously, you caught the touchdown pass. Would you feel like you'd be okay as a wide receiver too? I mean, I know that's where you showcase yeah. a lot of your skills. Yeah, for me, like I said, I love the game. I love the game, and I, I'm a football player. I'm not just one-dimensional. Uh, for me, I really am focusing on special teams and being a gunner and a kick returner and and doing some punt returns and just tr put my game to another level. Because when you love the game, you're able to just play football, not just do one thing right. The Broncos have a long history of uh, signing undrafted free agents and then making the team. A guy like Chris Harris Jr., have you talked yeah. to him at all about that? Uh, yeah, I've talked to him a couple times, and he just said just keep going, just keep going and stuff like that. And uh, I definitely know what I have to do is just continue to stay consistent. But that's in anything you do. When in college, to win games, you got to be consistent. To do well every week, you got to be consistent. You talk to Coach Mack at all? Yeah, I talk to him all the time, actually. He texted me before the game. He told me that he loved me, and he texted me after the game. So, and then especially my running back coach, Coach Darren Higgins, who's like my second father, he made sure that he, he reached out for me before and after the game. So it's good to be able to have that that bond with your coaches uh, because, like I said, when I was at University of Colorado, we, we went through some, some bumps and bruises, but it was, a, it, was a, it was a long ride, but it was also a satisfying one at that. Uh, tell me if this is true. I heard that you are planning on living with your parents this season. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to stay home and uh, build my money up and just focus on playing football. You know, uh, I'm not in a rush to, to, get a, to get a house. I want everything to go right. I want to make sure that I'm prepared and uh, I'm, I'm, I have enough to, to be 
you know, on my own and be comfortable. And uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my time with things. And right now I'm focusing on just playing the game. That's smart. Uh, you yeah. think uh, that'll pay off in the long run? I do. I definitely think it's going to pay off in the long run. Uh, it's, a, it's a smarter, you know, uh, when you're investing for your money. And, um, you know, for me, it's just about uh, – it was just a smart, smart thing all around. You know, so that's what I'm going to do. Your parents obviously a big support system for you then? Yeah, definitely. Uh, my family in general, my brothers and my sisters are my biggest supporters. Uh, we're a close, tight-knit family, and, uh, you know, we do everything for each other. And so, like – for me, they're they're there 24/7. We talk every single day, all of us. So, um, I, it's, it's that's probably the funnest and most cherishing thing that I you know I get to to have, and it's just my my mother, my father, and my both my brothers and sisters. I'm sure they're very proud of you. A uh, couple buffs here. How, yeah. how are they going to do this year? Uh, they're going to do well, man. They're going to do real. They're going to do well. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. The time for Montez to step up, right? Yeah, Montez <laughs> needs to continue to grow. Uh, and if he does that, uh, they'll be fine. You know, when you have a good quarterback, stuff runs smoother. Cool. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate right. it. Thank you. Our thanks to uh, Philip Lindsay for joining me there. Uh, great conversation with him, and I know that he's very excited about the buffs this season, uh, more focused on what he's doing, and I thought it was really interesting that just his mindset, he knows that this is his job, and uh, he's taken a very smart approach to that. Uh, Eric, uh, why don't you get us started with our first game? Now it's time for our listener limerick challenge. We're joined now by our first fan guest. Uh, who do we have here calling in? Hi, this is Lisa Lane, and I am from Canyon City, Colorado. And Lisa, it's a, a special day here for you. Have I heard that right? Oh, yeah. It's my birthday, and I turned the big 6-0 today. Well, happy birthday. It's uh, also the Broncos' birthday as well. 59 years ago today, the organization was started, so pretty cool that you guys share that. They're one year younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if we can uh, give you a birthday prize here today. Uh, as our limerick challenge, we're going to give you three limericks with the last word missing from each of them. If you can get two of the three right, we're going to send you a signed Bradley Chubb poster, uh, the fifth overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. Does that sound good to you? All right. Yeah, it sounds great. Okay, let's uh, start it off here. No one ever expected he'd be bad, but two touchdowns was a lot from that lad. Oh, he starred in that game, and they chanted his name. Now Case Keenum has a backup named Chad. There you go. One for one. Uh, as you might have seen, head coach Vance Joseph named Chad Kelly the backup quarterback um, on Monday. He supplanted Paxton Lynch and should get quite a bit of playing time this weekend against the Bears. Let's move on. And it was time. It was time. <laughs> <laughs> we know. We've, uh, we've heard from the fans that they uh, thought that might um, be the case. Yeah. True that. Okay, let's move on to number two. In Chicago, all the games can now be sold out. Yes, that will even be true when it's cold out. After missing two games, he at last signed his name. Roquan Smith has put an end to his... Cold out. There you go. Yep, Roquan Smith, the uh, Bears' top draft choice in the 2018 NFL draft, finally ended his holdout. Um, he'd missed almost all of training camp, the Bears' first two preseason games, but it seems like he'll be in Denver this week for joint practices and could play Saturday when the Bears take on the Broncos at Broncos Stadium at Mile High. Lisa, you're already a winner, but let's, uh, let's see if you can get the last one. Three for three. Here we go. Their playing time could not have been much shorter. It wasn't enough for any Broncos supporter. 
but Case and his crew will play more in week two. Denver starters should play for a quarter. There you go. Wow. Uh, first fan guest and you uh, got them all right Lisa it was fun having you we'll get that Bradley Chubb signed poster sent off to you thanks for playing and happy birthday all right thank you and I appreciate the birthday wishes go Broncos now let's get to our conversation with the Chicago Tribune's Rich Campbell started off talking with him about his impressions from the Broncos and Bears first joint practice Back here on the Neutral Zone, happy to be joined by the Chicago Tribune's Rich Campbell covers the NFL and the Bears. Rich, thanks for joining us here today. My pleasure, Eric. Great setup you guys got here. We're really stoked to be in Denver for a couple days. Rich, we're right off the practice field here at UC Health Training Center where just a bit ago the Bears and Broncos finished up their first joint practice. We've then heard from members of both the Bears and the Broncos. After seeing the initial practice, hearing from some of these guys, what were your initial takeaways? Well, I think even from the media perspective, it was refreshing to see the Bears, you know, from our perspective, play against someone else. I know that's a little bit of a cliche, but even Matt Nagy talked about this afterwards. From Chicago's point of view, the focus all summer has been developing second-year quarterback Mitch Trubisky in a new scheme, a scheme that Broncos fans are very familiar with, having you know, seen it with Andy Reid and the Chiefs for the last five seasons. And so the Bears are getting that going. And there are a lot of different options, checks in that offense. So they could come out again, play against the Broncos, where the Bears, their defense is programmed defensively to match up against a certain look or a certain formation with one coverage. The Broncos are a little bit different. They don't play as much press man as, as the Bears. So in that regard, I think you saw the Bears' offense clicking a little bit in some instances today, but then also there is a a disrupted timing to the whole thing. So Mitch Trubisky throwing balls into the sideline, misfiring a little bit. What stands out to me, and I'm sure to you, Eric, as you watch the Broncos, is that their defense is fast. You know, they're disruptive. The the Broncos' D-line, I think, gave the Bears' offensive line a tough time. That's exactly what you would expect. And I think here in Denver, there's a little bit of concern uh, at the cornerback position, which isn't kind of a normal thing here with uh, Aqib Tlaib, Chris Harris, Bradley Roby. But now with Aqib gone, everybody's kind of shifted up. So I was interested to see how the cornerbacks responded to the Bears' uh, receivers today. With regards to Trubisky, though, where does he, where is he in his progression as a quarterback? Because when you hear about these these QBs, you hear a lot about Wentz and Goff, but you don't hear a lot Mahomes even in the Broncos division, but you don't hear as much about Trubisky. So what are the expectations and what should Broncos fans expect to see Saturday? Well, Trubisky started 12 games a year ago. He had more turnovers, 10 to touchdowns, 9. He's very athletic. That's what they're going to try to maximize with him is throwing on the run, get him on the move. Now, Nagy's offense, just like Andy Reid, that West Coast game, so a lot of quick passes, just get the ball out of his hand. Of course, it's going to be a basic version of the scheme. You're not going to see a lot of the option action that they'll see in the regular season that they can maximize with Trubisky. Mitch has had a very inconsistent camp. Some days he looks good. He's in rhythm. He's on time. He's accurate. He's anticipating throws. But more often than that, he's been the opposite. He was intercepted through the first 10 full team practices, about an average of twice per practice. So not all his fault, but you just get a sense of a quarterback that's still striving to gain that command. Now you mentioned Goff and Wentz. They have the same agents as Trubisky, right? So these guys, they are cut from the same mold. In fact, Trubisky roomed with Jared Goff in the offseason early, January and February, as he was out in California training. 
So the Bears hope that he can follow in those footsteps, make that big second-year jump that those two guys made. We just haven't seen it yet. Let's see, right? Still very early, and Saturday night will be an important data set for us watching him. I saw in the, uh, I guess, the second preseason game, the offense struggled a little bit, wasn't able to move the ball much. I think I saw in, in two drives there was a net total or net negative of one yard. That's exactly so, right. Eight plays minus one. So what's a successful outing then on Saturday for them? Well, it, to put that in context, and I do think that's important, they didn't play Allen Robinson, their number one receiver. They didn't play Taylor Gabriel, their number two receiver. They didn't play Jordan Howard, their starting running back, who has a Pro Bowl on his resume. And they didn't play Tariq Cohen, who is the Tyreek Hill type of guy in this offense. So from a personnel standpoint, they were really scaled back. But now that the, we're getting deeper into the preseason, thankfully, we'll start to see some of these guys and get a more, uh, I think, accurate reflection of what they'll be. So to your point, two series, minus one yard. So let's start with, let's get a first down. <laughs> right, right. right? Let's get a first down. Let's, let's see them move the chains a little bit. Let's see them develop momentum, rhythm, tempo, you know, you know an attacking momentum to the, their offense because it is going to be scaled back, but... Allen Robinson, for example, I just mentioned him. Missed all last season with the Jaguars with a torn ACL. So he's really taking his time getting back. But the Bears went out and threw a lot of money at him in free agency because the receiving core last season was terrible. He needs to be that guy for Mitch Trubisky. Guy who can make contested catches. Guy who uses his route running savvy to get open. And if you just see those things in a preseason competitive setting, it qualifies as success. They don't need to win the game, but they need to move the ball and they need to operate efficiently. That was part one of our conversation with the Chicago Tribune's Rich Campbell. We'll be back with part two in just a minute where we talk about a man who's now leading the Chicago Bears, who Broncos fans might be a bit familiar with. Yeah, Matt Nagy. Yeah. Uh, old uh, Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, thanks, Eric, there. And let's get to our second game here, Who Said It? We have another fan on the line. Uh, can you tell us your name and where you're calling from? Yes, my name is uh, Renault Saint-Laurent. I'm calling from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Wow, calling all the way from uh, Montreal. Uh, how'd you become a Broncos fan? Well, I, I started playing uh, Madden football when I, uh, on Nintendo 64 when I was very young. I was 13 year old back then. And the Broncos just won two Super Bowls in 1998 and 1999. So I took the Broncos, started playing with them because they were really good in the game. And ever since, I fell in love. Been 20 years since that and I'm bleeding blue and orange uh, ever since and I'm very excited I'm going to my first Broncos game in Denver uh, this December uh, this year so uh, it's, uh, it's my first trip ever in Denver and we're looking forward to it oh well, great well we'll have to catch back up with you uh, when you're out here in Denver oh for sure for sure <laughs> okay well uh, let's get to uh, the game who said it I'll read a yeah. quote and then uh, you have to tell me who said it if you get two out of three we'll send you a uh, Broncos country draft hat it's the same hat that Bradley Chubb wore uh, when he was selected as the fifth overall pick all right okay so the first one here uh, is a little bit difficult uh, I might have to give you a hint here but uh, here we go I'm always ready to play I definitely want to play. I don't ever want to take myself out of the game, but I respected what they want. Hmm. I guess it must be a starter who got out of the game early on Saturday. Um, 
Could that be Case Keenum? Yes, that's right. Yeah, Case Keenum, of course, uh, he just played two series uh, Saturday night against the Vikings. Uh, hopefully we'll get to see him a little bit longer uh, this week against the Bears. So, okay, you got the first oh, yeah. one there. Nice. Okay, this one is Vance Joseph talking, but who is he talking about? Okay. He was obviously disappointed, but he understands it's a performance business. He has great potential, physical potential, but it's got to equal performance eventually. He understands that. Well, we're talking about physical potential and underachieving, I guess, Paxton Lynch. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Paxton Lynch uh, demoted to the uh, third string at the quarterback position this week uh, after a bit of a tough game against the Vikings. So uh, we'll have to see if uh, Paxton can bounce back here this week. Uh, still three more preseason games to go. All right, so yeah. you're already a winner, Reno, but uh, let's uh, finish <laughs> it up with the third one here. Uh, when I hit the sideline, it was just me, and I knew I was faster. It's got to be uh, Isaiah McKenzie with his uh, punt return touchdown. Yeah, of course. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie, the big punt return touchdown, uh, took it up the sideline, and, of course, he was faster. So, Reno, you are a winner. Yeah, that's great news. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, can you uh, give us something a little in French? Maybe uh, go Broncos or something? Allez les Broncos, vous pouvez gagner le Super Bowl cette année. Yes. Is that, was that a Super Bowl prediction? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, it was just let's go Broncos. You can win the Super Bowl this year. Yes. Okay. Well, we love to hear it. Uh, Reno, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you very much, and uh, have, a nice, uh, have a nice end of camp. Now it's time for part two of our conversation with Rich Campbell of the Chicago Tribune. You mentioned Matt Nagy coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs. Broncos fans might not have known him by name when he was there, but they're certainly familiar with his offense. What's he been like as a head coach? I know there's always an adjustment when you bring in a first-time head coach. What's he done to leave his mark on this team so far? There are three words that you hear often from people who have worked with him in the past, people who are now with the Bears. Creative, innovative, and collaborative. That's a very nice combination, yeah. especially when you're talking offensive football. The Bears had one of the worst offenses in the NFL last season. They just couldn't score. They were deficient from a personnel standpoint, and that really hurt the scheme. Rookie quarterback making his debut. Coaching staff just didn't have a lot of confidence in what Mitch could do. They felt like defenses were dictating to them. That's never what you want to hear from, from an offensive staff. And so the big change is that this offense is going to dictate defenses because of the personnel, the diversity there, and how innovative the scheme is. As Broncos fans know from watching the, that defense try to defend the Chiefs and Alex Smith when he was the quarterback of that offense, the option attack brings a lot to consider for a defense. Right. The Bears are trying to incorporate that now. Let's let's be real about it, though. The Chiefs and all the success they had a year ago, that's year five of Andy Reid there. It was year five with him and Alex Smith. So Matt Nagy has gone out of his way to reiterate, look, we're, in, we're not even in month five. And so it's baby steps with a young quarterback. And so you'll see, I think, a lot of the pre-snap motion, the, the option. And ultimately, you want a quarterback who's smart and can make checks at the line of scrimmage, get the Bears in the right play run pass option checks that are advantageous. It's a long way to go, and, and I think we have an appreciation from watching that, and I think Broncos fans watching Saturday night's game will see that as well. On the defensive side of the football, all the headlines this offseason, at least nationally, have been about Roquan Smith, mm -hmm. the long holdout. That's finally over. Um, 
but if you could maybe give people here just kind of a, a quick update of what happened, what took so long, yeah. and now that he's back, maybe what are realistic expectations for him? Because he was mentioned as a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah, to, to boil down his 29-day holdout, it was about language covering whether his guaranteed money could be reclaimed by the team if he were suspended for on-field rules violations, okay? The listeners get all that. I mean, this thing was really silly. It had nothing to do with Roquan being the best player he could be or helping the Bears' defense. This was about control. Roquan was a pawn in this, and he missed all of Bears' training camp. The Bears have since reported home and come here to, to Englewood. And so this was a big day for Bears media and the Bears' organization. This practice that we watched this morning was really Roquan's first competitive situation, first competitive situation in pads. And this is where he should shine, at Georgia, okay? Everybody immediately knows what that defense is about. National runner-up. They won the SEC last year. They had a tremendous defense. They're right up there with Alabama as the best collegiate defense. Roquan Smith, to put it as, as clearly as I can, was the heartbeat of that defense. And he's expected to do the same thing for the Bears very quickly. Inside linebacker with tremendous range and tackling ability. He can ID the ball, and he's got great leadership intangibles off the field. He's the total package. And when I say all that, the Bears are projecting him in the same role he played at Georgia. This is not drafting an inside linebacker and moving him outside and see if he can rush. No, no. They say, whatever won you the Butkus Award at Georgia last year, best nation's best linebacker, we're going to do exactly that with you. So he's expected to make a quick rise, but, oh, he misses training camp. And so we see him out here today. We're looking for his legs. We're looking for is he in the right place, his speed. Coaches are going to have to evaluate that. I don't think he plays Saturday night, but it's he, he's in a pressure cooker to get ready to play week one against the Packers. We saw Broncos fans, that is, a year ago, or excuse me, two years ago, when Joey Bosa uh, had his long holdout. That really affected his season. Then he had an injury that held him out four games. Is there concern that, that could the same thing could happen with Roquan? The name Joey Bosa has come up in all of our <laughs> stories. I've written Joey Bosa's name at least ten times. He's represented by the same company, CAA, which is why that comp is so obvious. But yeah, as you said, Eric, that Joey Bosa holds out till August 29th, hurts his hamstring and misses four regular season games. Can right. you imagine the fan outrage? This holdout, he gets hurt, he's not in shape. Joey Bosa goes on to win Defensive Rookie of the Year. But let's be clear, he plays a pass-rushing position where his main responsibility is, see that quarterback? Go sack him. Roquan Smith has different responsibilities, broader range of mental checks, calls at the line of scrimmage, and identification elements that are going to be more difficult to, to master. And so the comp sort of stops with good defensive player, right? Defensive uh, positioning is, is more specific. And so let's see how he does getting acclimated. I think uh, Broncos fans will definitely be interested this weekend if he does play to see uh, how he performs, especially after seeing, like you said, what Bosa did a few yeah. years ago. Uh, last one for you, Rich. What would make this game this weekend a success, not just offensively, but overall for the Bears after they finish out this week of joint practices and head back to Chicago to get ready for that dress rehearsal game? For as much as we in the media have focused on Roquan Smith and the holdout because it climaxed really on Tuesday and, and now with him appearing in practices it will be on game night on saturday time for us to remember oh yeah this whole training <laughs> camp is about the offense and so go back to our conversation about 
eight plays minus one yards. They've got to be better. Mitch has to be better. They've got to start incorporating Allen Robinson, who will play, Matt Nagy said after practice today. Robinson will make his Bears debut. That's a big deal. If Trubisky and Robinson start to develop some chemistry, people will easily be able to compartmentalize that Bengals game last week. It's okay. They they were shorthanded from a personnel standpoint and a schematic standpoint. Let's look more towards the total package. It's starting to come together, and I do think the Bears are going to have to run some of their stuff. They can't withhold everything because they've got to practice it. They haven't been in this scheme long enough. So if they get to the end of the first half and the starters leave the game and they've got points on the board, they've got first downs, they've got yards, their yards per play are uh, respectable, no penalties, right? They're efficient. It'll be a big night, a really good night to develop some momentum into that big dress rehearsal coming up the following week. We'll see how that uh, that game unfolds. I know both teams are eager to improve upon last week's games. It could be a little easier for the Bears' offense if Von Miller doesn't dress. He did not last week, and uh, sounded like today. I know you were standing there. It sounds like he wants to play, but we'll see. Uh, Rich, thanks for spending some time with us. Appreciate it. My pleasure, Eric. Thanks for having me. That was part two of our conversation with Rich Campbell. Some really interesting thoughts there comparing the Chargers' Joey Bosa with the Bears' Roquan Smith. I know Broncos fans are quite familiar with Bosa. Hopefully Smith doesn't haunt them similarly. Our thanks to Rich for taking the time. It's been a busy couple days for him, so we appreciate him coming on. And also to Philip Lindsay, an undrafted running back, who uh, really opened up to Phil there. Phil, before we close... What are you hoping to see these last few days as we kind of wrap things up with the Bears with one more joint practice and then a game Saturday? I think that uh, you just want to see the same physical intensity that we saw from the first practice. You know, uh, uh, I think that going through these joint practices will help the Broncos start fast. That was a big topic of conversation earlier in the week, especially after that Minnesota game. So just see the intensity intensity level rise up a little bit and uh, have the – have it just lead right into a quick start against the Chicago Bears on Saturday night when fans will really get to see a little bit more of the first-team offense. Yeah, and I think on the defensive side of the ball, you want to see what Bradley Chubb does. Joe Woods got on the podium a couple days ago and said he looked a little nervous, looked apprehensive, and they just want him to play fast, and then they can correct the mistakes. Von Miller kind of addressed that yesterday and said, well, I don't think he's nervous. He's a fifth overall pick. What does he have to be nervous about? But I am excited to see how Bradley Chubb plays. A little bit more playing time when he gets some more rhythm. Um, Maybe he gets that sack this week. All right, Eric, uh, that's going to do it for this uh, episode two of the Neutral Zone. Uh, Like Eric mentioned, uh, thanks to Rich Campbell and Philip Lindsay for joining us. And uh, to our our fans, Lisa and Renault, for coming on. Uh, Be sure to check out our social media, Twitter. uh, That's uh, at Eric Dalala. And uh, is there an underscore in there? There's no underscore. No underscore. Just an A. (laughs) Eric with an A and uh, also at Phil Milani. Uh, And you might be able to join us next week. We gave out some great prizes this week. And be sure to... uh, Subscribe to the Broncos Audio Zone. There's many ways to do that. iTunes, Stitcher. uh, Tune in. Tune in. Another way to uh, subscribe to this uh, podcast. And uh, you can uh, listen to more great Broncos content every single week. For Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Maligny. This has been Episode 2 of The Neutral Zone. (laughs)